Hey there, Hoops fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of, wait for it, what are the odds? <laughs> you got there, dude. It's only took four weeks. Four weeks, and I remembered the name of the show that we may or may not have decided on in the last... And we didn't get permission for either. We just decided that that's what we're naming. I mean, there there has to be another show out there called What Are the Odds? But if... if but know. they don't have me and you, so they're obviously no. not going to be as good. Um, so I introduce myself. Uh, Adam Taylor, how are you, sir? I am living. I am doing well. There's um, less and less basketball on each day, and I'm finding more and more ways to feel like I don't know what to do myself. <laughs> Um, no lie, it's like you, especially with a season like this where it's been so like non stop, yeah. and you're like, Man, I could do with a break, and then that break finally comes, and you're like, Man, I don't need a break, give me more. I know um, it's, it's getting to the point where we're there are some nights, like, well, for instance, we're, so we're recording this on um, on Sunday, very early in the morning. Uh, like last night, there was only one game, um, and there have been some some nights, and and now pretty soon. Potentially, well, actually, certainly by the time we record this next week, um, we'll be down to just one game a day because all of the semifinal series will be over, right? Yeah, we will get into the point soon where it's just going to be like, so um, we're going to be re-watching games from earlier <laughs> in the season. Just like, I remember this one was good. Let me watch this one. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite there yet. We're still in the We're getting there. getting there. Getting um, slowly. So let's start here. Um We've been we've been kind of doing this, you know. I well, I've, we have been doing this since the playoffs have started, um, and it, it feels like every week we have to recalibrate something based on what we just witnessed in the in the previous week. I'm of everything that just happened since we recorded last week. Is there anything that that stands out to you as as particularly shocking? Not shocking, but like. The thing where you're like, wow, I kind of thought I had that pegged and I really did not have that pegged at all. Yeah, probably how bad Milwaukee have been, to be really? honest. Really? Okay. Yeah, like um, even in that win, like they played amazing in that first quarter. Like it was wild. Um, And then they just, they were bad. That It's just that the Nets couldn't hit a shot. And I thought that this series was going to be a real big test of how good the Nets were and how they could alter their offense to get around Milwaukee's length and deal with Giannis and Milwaukee just basically haven't been able to put up a good fight. I don't, I think that that win was a gimme and it's still going to be a gentleman's sweep. And I'm really shocked. I genuinely thought that Milwaukee were going to be a lot of a sterner test for Brooklyn. And they've just, to me, they've been a big letdown in the first three games of this series. Well, they, I would, I would argue that in game three, the Nets lost that game probably far more than Milwaukee won it. Like you said, yeah. Milwaukee came out with the start. They were up by 20 in the first quarter. And then they were outscored, I guess, well, the final margin was what? Two or three points. So they were yeah. outscored, to, you know, uh, 17 or 18 the rest of the way. Um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting because, you know, if they if they lose this series and if they lose it in the fashion that it appears that they are that they may lose it. But who, uh, listen, they could win game four and, and it's a whole new thing. But it just something's not right. Um, and I, I don't want to. I, I. I don't know where the blame should be focused primarily, but I do think that it's interesting. That. 
if you look across at these other series, right, and you look at the players who are dominating these other series, um, and you look at, you know, Phoenix obviously has a Chris Paul. I wouldn't say that he's dominating that series, but he's definitely, you know, he, he hovers overall. And then Devin Booker for sure. And then you look at Trey Young, what he's been able to do in the Philly series. And then you look at, um, you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell, his star turn. And you look at some of the other guys who have been good in the playoffs, like Luka, Dame. The fact that that Milwaukee, their big move this offseason was to get Drew Holiday, who Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive guards in the league. And he's a guy that, you know, can kind of get his own shot when he needs to. But that team still doesn't have, like, a, a perimeter engine, so to speak. They have Giannis. Giannis is their engine. And, like, we've seen two other teams in this postseason have some success. Um, Philly, obviously, with Embiid and Nikola Jokic with uh, – or, excuse me, Denver with Nikola Jokic, and they're injured, so they're in kind of their own category because I think they would have done – they would have fared better against Phoenix had they had, they had their full complement of players. But, like, it just makes me wonder, can you have a guy like Giannis as your – as your as your engine basically because he's not an Embiid or a Jokic in terms of like he can't just physically dominate with with his with a skill level because like Embiid and Jokic are two of the most skilled big men well probably that we've ever had right yeah yeah they're they're in that I mean certainly this century um and then you have all these other guards who can get to the line. They can create open shots for teammates. They could obviously hit the three. And then you have Giannis who's kind of in this Weird in between zone. He obviously can't hit a three, even though he seems to think that one. It took one eight. Game. It took eight in that game, dude. Eight. What's what would be more concerning for you if you're if you're the if you're the Bucks or their fans? The fact that Giannis um, can't hit a three, or the fact that Giannis can't hit a free throw. The free throws, I think. I, I think I, that a, you can. Yeah, it's the free. You throws. can live without the freeze because of how he is when he gets downhill. But not being able to hit free throws when one of your primary assets is going to be drawing contacts and getting to the line, yeah, is a is a it's a concern. And I think that a lot of the blame can go on the Bucks staff, like you know, not putting Giannis, not running sets to get Giannis down more opportunities yeah, but what, downhill. But what what more like I I understand they didn't like run any plays towards the end of that, and there's been large stretches of the series where they really haven't run any plays. But I'm just like. But I feel like that's why you need that, like a true, a true point guard. Now, granted, the Clippers don't have a true point guard either, and then there are times when Kawhi and Paul George. But I think, but that's another team, and they maybe maybe that's a good transition to the thing that I'm most surprised by, which is that I and look, we're as we're, again we're recording this on Sunday morning. The Clippers just won. I don't even know what the final score was last night. I, I stopped watching after they went up by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, 132 to 106. They they put up 132 points. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I haven't watched this game yet. It started at 2 a.m. my time. Okay, so it. Um, let me tell you this though. That is d- definitely not a game that Utah lost. That is a game that the Clippers came and took because Donovan Mitchell was doing everything he could. Um, you know, and I guess it. it so, so I'll go. I'll go one positive and one 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 kind of negative the, the positive in terms of you know surprise over the last week is donovan mitchell's just i mean what what do we what do we consider him now is he a, is he a top 10 nba player he's certainly one of the 10 guys you most want if you're building your team right now right 
Yeah, he's willing them to victory at certain points. Like you just feel like he wants it more than anybody else on the floor. He was he was keeping them. I mean, with his shot and just Utah in general. I have to say, like they made nine. They were nineteen of forty four from both teams made nineteen threes last night. I have to think that that's a playoff record. I can't imagine that's ever happened before. Um, but like Utah was just draining threes, and like you you know, LA made a couple more plays, and then it kind of slowly got out of hand. Um, but man, Utah's damn impressive. And Donovan Mitchell, I, you know, I don't know where do you rank him right now. But the Clippers, I thought they had gotten over the the hurdle with Dallas. I thought that was their moment. They're like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. Now we're gonna go and and we're we, you know we're the most talented team and we're just gonna rampage through. And I think it's reminding us like. You need a team. You need a system. You need something. And again, maybe the Clippers win game four and they, you know, win this thing in six or seven. Who knows? But man, Utah just looks like the more impressive. Even last night, I know the Clippers won by a billion points, but like Utah, like you, you, you know, I was listening to, um, you know, Bontemps talk about this on, on Brian Windhorst podcast. Like they may not win every game, but you know what you're going to get every game with Utah. You know, I think the big thing to notice here as well is a lot of these teams, like if you look at Milwaukee, if you look at the Clippers, as you say, you need a team, you need a unit. Right now, what you've got is you've got in Milwaukee and the Clippers, you've got a team with the most talented players on the floor, but they're relying on individual like turns of brilliance to win you games. Whereas then you look over at Brooklyn and they found a way to merge that that talent into a system, you know. What so I mean? that's going to be that's interesting that you say that though, because look at the loads that Kyrie Irving and Car- and Kevin Durant are carrying for them. They just seem to play more unselfishly. Like you'll see Kyrie kick it out for a corner free from Mike James, and then you'll see Blake Griffin, you know, pick well, and the, pop and get the get the ball the swings around. Yeah, for sure. And then if you look at like um, you go back and watch that first quarter of that Milwaukee win. And the only guy that really touched the ball for the entire quarter was Giannis. Once they started diversifying the offense, things went to shit. It, I, you know, it's funny, though, because it's like we, we talk about how like you just brought up, and it does feel that way, right? That Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are, are more unselfish. And yet, I wonder, is it like, do we just say that because the tough shots that they take go in more than the tough shots that literally, because like if you were to yeah, rank it's scoring bias, right? For sure. It's definitely it's scoring, scoring bias. bias. That's exactly what it is. Because who, who, who's better in the NBA today at making tough shots. You could argue that those two guys are, are the, I mean, Curry, I guess you'd put in there. Luca, you'd put in there. Maybe Clay Thompson when he's healthy. Mm. It, I'm just I, giving I, him I, some love. You know, we haven't seen him for a while. You got to um, give him some love. And Dame, let's say. And let's yeah. say Dame. Too. So Dame, Steph, Luca, and KD and Kyrie. So they actually, they have two of the top five t- tough shot makers in the entire league um, on their team, which is why I think we, we, we give them more the benefit of the doubt as far as, like, you know, them being unselfish and everything. I, I'm... I don't know. I mean, look, it, we're, this is going to post. This video is going to post a, a little bit before, I think, game game four of that series. You can get... Um, what do you so Bucks to come back and win this series four three, which whether they win today or whether they lose today, I I still think if you think they're gonna win it, they're gonna win it obviously in seven games. You have plus five hundred. You have five to one odds on that. Is that nuts? They haven't played well at all. 
No, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I mean, the thing you've got to You're put not wasting this any money on that. No, because you've still got James Harden to come back. Well, uh, we don't know. Yeah, that's true. But if it, if it does happen, like, you've seen, like, for me at the moment, this is the most even playing field Milwaukee are possibly going to get against Brooklyn. James Harden is sitting out. So now you deal with, you have Chris Middleton and Giannis basically as your top two name guys going up against Kyrie and KD. Now, the talent disparity we can argue about all day, but the fact of the matter is, it's the most level playing field possible if you're going up against Brooklyn. And I still don't think that Milwaukee have it in them to win another game. I, okay. I don't think I don't think Brooklyn allow that. You don't oh wow, okay. I listen, there is something about Brooklyn that I still and maybe this is just the the the, the person that has all of the Knicks paraphernalia plastered all over this room. Um, I'm still not fully bought in. I, I can't get there. I can't get there because I'm just like, I don't, they do rely on those two guys to make tough. And those guys make a lot of tough shots, but, they, but they're playing a lot of minutes. They also high have usage. better shooters though. They have Joe Harris, Landry Shamit's been hot for the playoffs. You've still got Blake that can apparently go and get you 18 and 14 if we go by game one against Milwaukee. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying it. Anyway, yeah, it, the sun shines on a dog from can time I? to time. I get that. Can I? <laughs> it's terrible. The man is getting paid how much money to not play basketball for the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, it shines like, you know, some people just get lucky in life. What did they, did... But seriously, didn't they, they paid him because they paid him for next year to go away as well. It wasn't just yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, they were just like, right, we want you out of here. My goodness. Anyway, can I throw something else at you here? Cause... Go for it, man. So... Do you listen? You're you're showing you're you're giving a lot of Brooklyn love, which is which is fair. They have the yeah, best. It also net hurts me deeply on a, on an internal well, level, and I know that. Because, and the reason is because they wiped the floor with your Boston Celtics, and because of that floor wiping, I wouldn't um, go as far as saying wipe the floor. Boston gave a better fight than what Milwaukee have. Let's be fair. I well, so okay, so I'm looking at playoff net ratings, and after the. Heat, who basically didn't show up, and um, the Wizards, who were a ceremonial stomping uh, piece for a team that I want to get to in a second. Then the Celtics are are next to last. They're minus twelve point one playoff net rating. The next worst team is the Grizzlies at minus eight point four. I just want to raise my hand a moment. Yes. And in the defense of the Boston Celtics, there was no Kemba Walker, no yeah. Jalen Brown, no Robert okay. Williams. All, this was a B team. All fair. I just want to here's, but here's the point that I'm making. I'm not trying to squash the Celtics. My oh, point course, is that just, you know, my point is that when you look at the Nets' playoff net rating of plus thirteen point zero, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they did do pretty well against the Celtics in the first round. After the Nets. The next best playoff net rating belongs to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are plus 12.7 points per 100 possessions. Now, look, um, the Wizards are not good. And Bradley Beal was, you know, hurt and, and whatever. And the Hawks, you know, we've had some conversations about the Hawks on here. Um I personally think the Hawks are pretty good, and I think this series is more a testament to how good Philly is than how not good um, the, uh, the 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 Hawks are. 
So I'm just looking at this Eastern Conference winner. You get plus 350 for Philly right this second. Okay, so here's my train of thought here. Yeah. If they're going to win. They're going to beat Atlanta. I, I mean, yeah, they're no, going to beat Atlanta. Yeah. My, my train of thought here is that if you look at when Milwaukee have found stretches of dominance against Brooklyn, okay. it's all come inside. It's come from finding somebody on the post, getting some work done, and then facilitating either out of the post or making a, or, or finishing. Yes. And the biggest concern about Brooklyn is their lack of size. Yes. Embiid is going to feast on whoever they Who's guarding him? Because if, no if, if you think this Blake Griffin shit is going to work on that dude... It's no chance. No, Blake Griffin's going home in a body bag. Um, <laughs> honestly, there is no one on that Brooklyn team. Are you a Karate Kid fan? Send him home in a body bag. Yeah, I am actually. I'm a big Karate Kid fan. Are you um, really? That's awesome. Yeah, That's I'm fantastic. A huge, huge Karate Kid guy. This makes my day. Um, I could quote that film all day long as well. Please, let's see if we can get a quote for every series from, from Karate Kid. But again, it's all about balance, right? Yeah. Going back to Karate Kid, it is all about balance. It is, it is all about I, I don't. I don't see a team that is more balanced than Philadelphia right now. They have the they have the perimeter scoring. They have the inside presence. And then I think as well, shout out to everyone that covers the Sixers on social media, on Twitter. They're Yesterday, good. they were churning out some film breakdown after film breakdown after film breakdown. And... Honestly, I don't think a team is running as many set plays as what Philadelphia is right now. Well, listen, I mean, Doc is, you know, look, Doc catches a lot of shit. Um, He's caught a lot of shit towards the tail end of his time in Boston. God knows he caught a lot of shit in L.A. Um, And he's caught some shit even in this series. He caught some shit with Philly in game one. The man's won a a, a title. The man's won, you know, coach of the year. I mean, he's there's a reason why... He is, I mean, is he the most universe other than Pop? But I I almost want to say Doc, If like, it feels like you read about how players view Doc. Is he the most universally respected coach amongst players in the league today? I think so. I mean, he, the he's, he's got to be right up there. The first thing I remember reading from a player's perspective when Doc got signed um, to the Sixers was they're going to be more, way more mentally tough than what they were under Brett Brown. He's and guess what? Stick. They are. They are. They do not crumble the way they did under Brett Brown. I honestly think that if you're going to, if you want some money on somebody coming out of the finals, going coming out of the conference finals in the East, then I think that the best money, if you want a decent value, is going to be the Sixers. They're at plus 350. So here's the thing. So they have, of, of every NBA team, um, or every, obviously NBA team, every team in the playoffs, they have the highest effective field goal percentage with 59. And the, t- and the team that's second best is the Jazz, who are at 58. Now, the Jazz um, for the season, uh, or rather, sorry, the, the uh, Sixers for the season were all the way down at 54.1, which was 14th in the league. So they have become a much more efficient team um, in the postseason. But unlike the Jazz, who are doing it with three-point shooting, and the Jazz are putting up 42.5 threes a game, which is first in the playoffs by a mile 
Um, and by the way, they're hitting those at, with at a 41%, uh, 41.2% clip, which is second. So we know how the Jazz are winning. The Sixers, they are second to last in threes per game. And the only team that put up fewer uh, threes per game than them was the Wizards, who, again, are kind of anomalous. And I don't know if they even belong in this conversation. But Sixers are only at 28.4. They're the only other uh, – only them and the Wizards put up under 33s a game. And it's like then you got the Knicks and the Grizzlies, 30, 31, Suns, 32. And then pretty quick you get to 34, 35. So they're like really doing it not in the same way as most of the other teams, which is fine because it's working for them. I just wonder at some point will they try to, to feel forced to alter their style of play? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think when you're winning and you've got guys like Embiid, like Simmons and the, the way they're playing, I don't see a reason why you would alter. The only time I'd see them alter is, like, if something crazy happened and you end up with a, you know, just throwing it out there, a Utah Jazz versus Philadelphia 76ers fight. Well, listen, I don't – let's talk about that. I don't think that that's nuts at all. I, I think there's a possibility it happens. I still think that a lot has to happen around the league in order for that to become a reality. Well, let's move. Let's so let's move out. By the way, the only thing I want to say about Philly, they are hitting their threes 39.2% three point percentage in the playoffs. That's fourth after uh, Portland, Utah, and, and Brooklyn. Um, I who's the favorite in the West right now? <laughs> That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Jesus, I mean, Jesus, is, Jesus might be the favorite in the West. I'm telling you, dude. Phoenix have shown that they're no joke. They're like I, I looked at Phoenix as the team that was going to be amazing in the regular season and then just couldn't pull it together in the postseason. That was my expectations coming into the playoffs. I was wrong. They're legit. <sighs> I mean, they're it, going to the conference finals now. Like so, they're up three zero. They play later today. As again, we're recording this on Sunday morning. Sixty um, something percent of teams that go up three zero complete the sweep. Um, I whatever whether they get the sweep today or not, they're winning in four or five games. Like, so they're gonna go into the next round either eight and two in the playoffs or eight and three. Yeah, in all likelihood, right? That's that's pretty good. But does it? That doesn't mean anything. Once, like. So the question well, you got to ask yourself is who do you see who do you see them facing? Do you see them going against Utah, or do you see them going against the Clippers? So I I, I think you have to say going against Utah right now, um, just because again the the Jazz are up two one. And look, you can. So I think there's some interesting props, by the way, for for how long it's going to take Utah to to finish this thing off. You could get Utah wins four one at plus three fifty right now. Um, interesting, Utah four three, so is still the is still the um, uh, the favorite. So uh, Vegas thinks that thing is still going seven, which I don't know how I feel about that. I've got um, four two being my favorite. Okay, so that's a uh, you know, decent value plus four um, seven five. But um, yeah, I I'm like. I think it has to be Utah. I think it has to be uh, in that series, and obviously it's going to be Phoenix. So then, man, I I think I still have to favor Utah. 
But that's going to be a hell of a series. I, I tell you, I, they're not out yet because the series isn't solidified. But if it is indeed Jazz Suns, whatever you whatever the odds are for a seven game series for that is what I will be placing. But who's you have? If it, if it is the Jazz versus Suns, who, I think it has who, to be Utah. Yeah, I think so. I think they match up really well against Phoenix. I just think that they've got a better defensive presence than what Phoenix do. Well, that's the thing is like. So Aiton's obviously a huge part of what Phoenix has done and, and how they've been able to stop um, or limit Nikola Jokic. Like, the Clippers are trying to throw this small ball thing at Utah, and that hasn't worked. And, like, I don't think anybody thinks that, like, I, Aiton's been been excellent. Obviously, he's, he's emerged. I bought stock on Aiton's uh, Aiton Island last week. Good, good for you. Um, you're, you're you're already seeing dividends for it. you. You could already put up a little. Um, Just call me Jeff Bezos of basketball, dude. <laughs> I was about to say, you put a little beach beachfront um condo there. Um, but like, it's like Coney Gobert and beachfront. That's why it's not. Uh... <laughs> but Gobert, but, but Gobert is going to be able to, you know, have his have his way, <laughs> have his way with Aiton. I think to a certain extent. I mean, and like. You're, you know, the, the, what Phoenix is going to be able to do or what Phoenix wants to do, I think is going to be more difficult to do against Utah. And if Utah gets past these Clippers, man, I, I just – do we really think that Phoenix is going to be the team that, that gets them out of the way? So so then you're talking about – I think you're looking at either Utah – so Utah, Utah, Philly or Utah, Brooklyn. Man, Utah, Philly. That's the one I want. That is the finals. Is that the one match. you want? That's the finals matchup I want. I grew up on big men, dude. The, the matchup of Embiid versus Gobert, and then what? Seeing how Utah try and contain Ben Simmons, and, and don't get me wrong, I think that Philadelphia have got some of the best secondary creation in the league as well. I love the way that they, um, you know, they run secondary actions out of the post. Um, so I just don't know oh, how sorry, Utah. Finished that. I don't know how Utah collapsed those second actions. I was that's how say, you that's how you limit Gobert, right? Yes. Well, or you know, but but at the same time, like you talk about the nice thing with this jazz team was a lot of nice things about this jazz team. <laughs> <laughs> one of the nice one of the, the nice things about this jazz team is like so like you can get them on defense, right? You can do stuff that on a possession here or on a possession there, or maybe even on a few possessions in a row, you know, kind of exploits the fact that Rudy Gobert is obviously he's the defensive player of the year. He's a, he's a probably going to make the hall of fame at this rate because of his defense. But like you can get them because they are, they play a, a defense in a certain way, but they're also going to get you because of how they play defense and because of how good Gobert is. Um, and because they have guys like Bogdanovich, who are, are t- incredibly underrated defender, and they have some other guys, you know, Royce O'Neal, you know, who could throw out there. Um, but they can, like, even if you get them, they're going to get you a whole lot more because of how they shoot it and because of what they're able to do on offense and because of Donovan Mitchell. The thing that I wanted to say is how interesting would it be if it was Sixers Jazz? Because we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of a little NBA finals between the um, Sixers and the Lakers in which there was a dominant big man who was offensive big man who was going up against 
the guy who was perceived as the most dominant defensive center of his era into Kemi Mutombo. And the um, offensive big man was Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal took to Kemi Mutombo and he put him in the basket over the course of five games. And he made him look like a ragdoll. And I just wonder if it is Joel Embiid versus Rudy Gobert. I don't, I don't know. I just wonder how that would go. That's all. I want to see it so badly. I want to see it too. I, I think love that's, how, I think I I love how liberal now. Utah's offenses as well. They just let it fly Good whenever they choose. It is. It's the most liberal offense you can see. Honestly, um, I also like the idea of a non-super team. Like you know, in a league where you do have a super team in Brooklyn and the Lakers were arguably a super team. Having these two teams just who have done it right. You know, having the process well, finally come. I was about to say they've done it. In, I mean, talk about doing it in different ways. The Jazz, is there a team that has, and we, we can finish up on this, is there a team that has been as anti-tanking as Utah? I don't think so. No, they've drafted incredibly well. Yeah, the only time they bottomed out, it's funny, the only time they really bottomed out is when they got the Exum pick, and that and that pick didn't even, that pick didn't even work out. Dude, funny I was enough, so high on pick, Exum as well. He was picked one pick after Joel Embiid. Um, <clears throat> but, like, you know, even going... Kobe. What's that? What? The Australian Kobe. The Australian Kobe. Didn't, didn't work out so much. But, like, you know, they traded up to get Donovan Mitchell. If you want to even go back, a, you know, a dozen years before that, they traded um, they traded up to get Darren Williams. Um, you know, they, they have done it very smartly. You know, all you could look back at their at their draft record, their free agency record, like Rudy Gobert, obviously he was the 27th pick in the draft. Bogdanovich, very smart free agent signing. Ingles, they picked up off the scrap heap. And this is always what Utah does. They never tank. They're the anti-tankers. And then you have Philly who, have, you know, you know, process. Um, man, I think I, I have just decided, I am now rooting for this. That's my, that's my dream finals, honestly. I think you're going to get it. I'm going to say it right now. I think that Philly... I think that they're gonna beat whoever comes out. I tell let me let's finish on this actually. Who I know you're burying, I know you're already burying Milwaukee. Um oh they're buried, dude. They're they're underground. Mm-hmm. You can get so if you want, if you know, like if you let me say it this way. If you were ever, ever going to place a few bucks on the bucks, a box on the bucks, I see exceptional podcasting um to win it all that wouldn't now be the time you get 12 to 1 right now on them yeah i think if you're gonna do it their stock is never gonna be lower than right now but just like if they win you've game... got like you've got to realize if you are putting money down on that then it's got to be money that you're willing to lose well of course but 12 to i mean if you, if, you know 12 to 1 isn't because if they but here's the thing if they come out of the series do they give philly um, do they give Philly a series? That's the thing I guess I'm less certain about. I don't, I don't, even if they won the series, I don't know that I'd, I'd they get body. I think they have a, I don't know that they, I actually, to tell you the truth, of all of the, of all the possible matchups left in the playoffs for Embiid, I actually think Brooke Lopez would give him at least something to think about. Yeah, but you can limit Giannis quite easily with Ben Simmons and Feibel. 
Well, I don't know about easily, but you can, you know, you get, you, you have some bodies to put on Giannis. That's fair. I don't know. I actually, I, I, here's, here's what I've decided. Um, I would, I would, I, I, I want Milwaukee to make it a series. I don't think they are. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but I would like that. But yeah, no, Philly, Philly, Utah. Um, I'll say this when we get on here next week, and we'll probably be talking about the, con- I mean, unless we're talking about a game seven, we'll probably be talking about the conference finals. Um, I think we're going to get a couple good ones. Um, I'll say that. I will purchase a Utah, a Utah Jazz jersey if they make it to the finals. I will not be purchasing any such thing, but uh, I will be. I'll be happy to root you on um, in your in your, you know, in your jersey. So <laughs> my wife just said she'll buy me a Utah Jazz jersey if the Jazz make it to the finals. That's how low a stock she has on them right now. Man, you you're not. She is a Clippers fan though. So oh, okay, well. I don't know. I, I maybe don't don't give up hope. You, you're really not getting any value. It's basically even money for the Jazz to make the finals right now. You're not I mean, getting any value on them to make the finals, and really, you're not getting any value on them to win the finals. It's like two to one. It's not great. I want to go and watch. You see, now I just want to defend myself here. I said that Feibel and Ben Simmons make life easy against Giannis. And the reason I believe this happens is because Giannis will settle for threes. Well, he'll, but even if he's not settling for threes, even if he's settling for those little, like he can't even make those little push shots. He's struggling crazily right now. And I think that there's a lot of questions about how effective he is as a number one guy. Oh, uh, of course there is. He, but I think, I think what we're going to come to learn is he, and I don't know if he's going to force a trade. Or, I mean, this is a conversation in front of the day eventually or whatever. But, like, I think we're going to look back on him as being, if he ever wins, he's going to go down as, like, one of the great number twos in history. I, I, someone else is going to need to take the – he needs – I'm telling you, he needs a perimeter creator. He needs to be alongside of a guy Is he the modern-day Pippin? He's a modern day no, because I mean Pippin. Pippin was more more skilled, more more versatile, versatile than what Giannis is. Because Jordan was the you know Pippin was more the setup guy. Jordan was the finisher. I think Giannis is going to be is, is needs to be the finisher, but he can't also he can't be the setup guy and the finisher. He doesn't. He's not. That's the thing. He doesn't really. I think we're showing like there are limits when you have your offense run through Giannis. He's not a guy that that can run a a. a championship caliber offense he needs chris paul oh i mean shit if you gave him chris paul i mean that that's that's the you want to talk about nba do-overs like they made their trade for drew holiday should have been for chris paul what if they if they had if they had if they had traded for chris paul like they're 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 the final they're they they're throwing ticker tape and uh i don't know any names of blocks in milwaukee but whatever um, I'm sure they have a nice park there or something. Okay. Um, anything else before we get out of here? I think this is this was this was good. I highly recommend watching Karate Kid one, two, three, and then going back and watching all of Cobra Kai. So I'm I'm not gonna lie, I have not watched any of Cobra Kai. Really? Yeah, I haven't watched Oh Cobra my Kai. dude. I put it on episode one. Two days later, I was completely done. I hadn't watched it for all four seasons. I smashed four seasons in 48 hours. And I'm looking three seasons. I think Karate is Karate Kid three the one with. Wait, which one was the one with Hillary number... Hillary Swank? I don't know who that is. Oh my god! 
Boys Don't Cry. Uh, so number one is obviously the famous Karate Kid. Number two is the one where he goes to Japan. Oh, the next Karate Kid was Hillary Swank. Yeah, okay. No, I, don't, so I, I don't subscribe to the spin-offs. I want okay. two and three. No Nets Karate Kid. No Jackie Chan Karate Kid. Um, one, okay. two, and three. Okay, so I've never seen three. I've, I've obviously one and So two. that's the one where he comes back and then... Um, the Cobra Kai bringing one of his boys, you know, at the oh. end of the first one where he phones his friend and says, I need a favor from you. Okay. And then his boy comes in and they tr they basically corrupt Daniel and they make his knuckles bleed and stuff. It's okay. It's not as good as number one. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, well, I don't think anything's as good as number one. Yeah, but you should check out. I think uh, Hillary Swank demands a little bit more of your attention. What was the hell the other? Oh, Million Dollar Baby. That's it. That's a great film. That's Hillary Swank. She's the woman in the movie. Okay, I know who she is then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's a pretty talented actress. Um, okay, we've officially we should got do a movie podcast. <laughs> be fun. Uh, I'm we... just saying. No, I know. All right, uh, now that we've gone completely off the rails, um, thank you, Mr. Taylor. Uh, Taylor, Mr. Taylor, where can folks find you? You can find me rambling into the ether on um, Twitter and Instagram at Adam Taylor MBA. You can find my work where I'm rambling into the ether again over at Celticsblog.com and Celticsblog on any of your podcast providers. Where can they find you, Mr. Macri? Oh, goodness. In my in my laundry room. Um, no, on Twitter, uh, JC Macri MBA. And then, uh, you know, all things Nick's Film School. Just put that name into your search bar and you'll come up with something that I've done probably. And on that note... Yes, Mr. Taylor? I, I have an issue with the Knicks fan-sided account at the moment. I, I have nothing to do with them, so... They, you... they they were trying to push for Jalen Brown to the Knicks. Oh, come on now. Oh, no. I just wanted to let you know so you could have a little word in their ear and say, at least try and be real. For for what? Let me guess. Like Kevin Knox and Frank Nilekina? Some... Some picks so it opens up cap space, apparently. Ah, uh, okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, what did I have... Somebody, oh no, wait, somebody, somebody had messaged me, I think at one point with like a Kemba salary dump in which we're getting Jalen Brown as like the cost of doing, <laughs> I was like, let's, let's get, let's ask for Tatum too, actually. Um, let's just swap teams. Anyway. Okay. That was fun. Um, we'll see everybody, uh, with another, uh, episode, um, Next week, don't forget, of course, as always, check out all of uh, the props and bets and things at uh, Odds Checker um, US. They are they are great. You can take care of all of your all of your wagering needs with them. Um, they're very good, and uh, we will be back with you very soon.